these are unprecedented times. Most of us are confined indoors for the foreseeable future and do not know what's next. We are also trying to figure out how to deal with this ever-evolving situation and I believe that our careers influence us to find ways to overcome these circumstances and show us the way forward. On stories from India's lockdown, I will talk to people from different walks of life who will share how the lockdown affects them and what they do to keep their spirits high. I am your host Harsh Doshi. Join me in my journey to listen to different perspectives from people around the country while things hopefully get back to normal. On this episode of Lockdown Stories, we talk to one of among India's finest film critics, Rahul Desai. I'll borrow from something a friend told me about Rahul's reviewing skills to introduce him. The way Sunil Gavaskar and Jeffrey Boycott revolutionized English cricket commentary for the DD viewing Indian audience in the yesteryears, Rahul today is changing the film and series review landscape by leaps and bounds. Rahul's writing is fresh and he speaks candidly, no holds barred. We talk about the future of mainstream Bollywood cinema if people will continue going to theatres to watch movies, and how Rahul consumes 8 hours worth of film and series daily indoors during the lockdown. Hi Rahul, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi, I'm uh, glad to be here. So how, what's keeping you uh, busy during the lockdown? Are you just watching movies or are you also doing something else? Uh, not really. Actually, to be honest, uh, my life has pretty... Um, I mean, it's remained more of the same... Uh, compared to a lot of other people because I mean I've been working from home most of my life so you know this isn't much of a change for me the only frustrating part is obviously you can't step out for a breath of fresh air when you need a break from say watching a series or watching a film or writing but uh, for me it's been also it's been busy it's been fairly busy because a lot of uh, because I do review um, a lot of streaming shows uh, apart from movies that release on Fridays given that the theatres are closed I have been watching um, a couple of streaming shows every week. Uh, we've been doing a couple of series on like nostalgia and uh, theater experiences and a lot of memories because there's not much you can do about going forward. So all we are doing is like, you know, reminiscing about the past. So I have been keeping busy. I've been using this time to sort of uh, fine tune my writing also. I've been writing a few personal pieces on the blog, um, you know, so that I just remain connected to writing and don't get out of the habit because you know I I mean I get tired of writing only about cinema all the time I like writing a little about sports about life uh, about my thoughts so you know it, it's I mean I'm using it productively uh, obviously we all could be better off I also am watching a lot of series in my downtime that I don't write about like on Amazon the ones that I missed over the years I'm just catching up on okay so can you mention a few of them like what are you watching right now uh, right now, I'm actually watching the British series Broadchurch, which is a detective uh, series, which is, I think, three seasons. It stars Olivia Colman. Uh, given that I'm a big fan of her acting, I just thought I'd revisit some of the stuff she's done, at least on television, because I watch most of her films. And I'm actually quite enjoying it. I'm on the second season. Uh, every night I watch up to three or four episodes, given that most of us don't have any uh, healthy sleeping schedules these days. I, I <laughs> sort of go on to 3am or so and it's it's actually a good stress buster because I spend the rest of the day actually um, watching other kind of films for work because I'm also on the MAMI programming team this year mm-hmm. so I have to watch a lot of Indian films and uh, for, for the selection committee 
so yeah it does keep me busy and uh, you know it's it's um, um given that i've never had to go to an office physically it's not much of a difference but mentally just to have a choice of stepping out yeah that is a bit of a downer now yeah of course of course so have you like had an opportunity to uh, also watch a series from like all the different platforms that we have right now apart from prime which is like netflix hotstar probably the others like voot and do you have like a an opinion on the comparison of the content on all of these platforms yeah so uh, actually when i started uh, reviewing series like back in 2016 for film companion uh, i actually started uh, back then in 2016 you know there were a limited number of platforms and each pla- i mean it was too early to judge any platform on the limited content they had so i used to review everything under the sun from voot to a old balaji to a z5 um basically i was in the position to uh, review a series a week and still cover most of the series every month but now in 2020 1920 it's reached a stage where there's a series literally dropping every day so mm-hmm. i personally have had to skip a lot of platforms um unless say it's something like really remarkable or really um uh, interesting from the trailer or some uh, you know it sounds interesting i've really not been able to catch up on shows uh, on platforms like voot or um uh, all balaji for that matter early on i used to watch these shows and actually write about them uh, but now i'm mostly like at, at least as a reviewer because i do also review uh, feature films and short films i have to limit my uh, series viewing and divide the work so you know uh, someone else on the film companion team does uh, the series from say a voot or a uh all the other platforms that you know i'm not very familiar with anymore but every now and then i try to um get a glimpse of what's going on at least just go through the trailers go through the content that every platform is churning out but mostly i review series uh, limited to the bigger platforms like that's basically netflix amazon and maybe hotstar uh, hotstar carries a lot of hbo content there's not a lot of indian content as such but yeah uh, otherwise i stick to the bigger platforms because you know honestly my life can just pass by if i start watching every single platform it's just yeah i mean Rahul, how much time do you spend watching yeah. uh, series or movies each day uh right now i'm actually on a, i mean right now i'm at least i spend like around 8 hours every day watching wow. just <laughs> stuff because again i said i'm programming right now also so it's not only limited to writing about this series uh, it's sort of an alternate thing but uh, i'm also reviewing a series a week at least i try to uh, which is either amazon or netflix and they are still churning out stuff uh, despite the lockdown because a lot of stuff got completed before awesome so rahul just sort of interesting to know this is more from a personal perspective that i've noticed that whenever i'm watching something i'm so involved that uh, it's very difficult to form sort of an opinion about it right so it'll be interesting to know the process you follow uh how you get to reviewing a movie so when you're watching something i mean how do you disengage or do you do you reflect on it later uh, so for me it's i mean to be honest my methods have been really freestyle it's they've changed over time you know the more years i spend writing about films the more years i spend as a professional uh, my ways of looking at shows and or looking at movies and reviewing them uh, they change i don't have a definite method but i can tell you that i i don't go 
immediately on my impulsive decisions or my superficial impressions of a movie or a series i actually take a lot of time to write about things i act- even the things that i like or the things that seem interesting to me i take up to 8 to 10 hours to write like a, a single review because uh, honestly like i feel like the more uh, when i mean when people call it content it's a bit weird but the more films i watch and the more series i watch and if something stands out amongst uh, you know the the crowd that's out there i mean i believe that it's at least a critic's duty or reviewer's duty to sort of um go beyond uh, uh something as simple as oh i liked it uh, you know i'm going to use a lot of adjectives in the review you have to actually go into the philosophy of the film uh, you have to uh, test your you, you have to test your thinking process i spend hours uh, i come back home i sit down uh, especially when there are press shows this is obviously before the lockdown i come back home i reflect on it for about an hour or so and then i spend like 6 to 7 hours and most more often than not i've uh, realized that my opinion is formed while writing about a particular film it's not formed while watching the film if you ask me after exiting a film whether i liked a film or not is a worse question you can ask me okay or harsh you have any views on how you do have so, you done any reviews no i haven't done any movie reviews but uh, the the one thing like if you if you say you are consuming 8 hours of series a day for example i find it very difficult to then uh, remember the nuances of uh, of like different series over a period of time right mm-hmm. and uh, then everything becomes bland so i think now it's much difficult much more difficult to find content that really stands out for a period of time like the older movies or the older series for example like we can't probably think of replicating something like a friends or a seinfeld which will stand the test of 10 years 20 years so yeah i mean uh, again when i say that i'm watching eight hours of stuff it you know it also includes movies that i don't have to write about it also includes my like hobby watching which is like broad church today it could be some other show tomorrow like a, you know like a house of cards rewatch again i don't know but mm-hmm. uh, again yeah when see the thing is as a reviewer you get conditioned to the uh, to the fact that when you do review films every week friday to friday basis you do tend to sometimes when there are three releases or four releases in a week you do tend to watch three films back to back at a pvr from morning to night so whether you like it or not it's all going to meld into your mind it's all going to become jumbled it's all going to feel like one film so obviously we all have our techniques of remembering stuff you know for example i take down notes and i actually given that now i'm at home i have the liberty of pausing something and actually writing notes on my computer and uh, remembering specific points i want to make in the review or plot points that i want to mention or, or even actors names or something Uh, i have the liberty to do that on the topic of uh, revisiting uh, something that you said uh, say for example you you rewatched house of cards uh, how uh, i i saw your episode uh, saw your fcd take episode on tamasha right and uh, you said that you like you did not find the movie as interesting you watched it the first time but you really liked it when you watched it a few years after yeah. how how frequently does that happen or how often does it happen that you feel completely the opposite or you see things that you did not observe before Yeah that's a that's a good question because on to be honest that happens to all of us a lot of times 
and we have to be honest about the fact that it's not, not the movies that change over time it's we who change over time so if i was 27 when i first watched tamasha uh, and i'm like whatever i am right now obviously i've gone through more of life i've seen more experiences in the last few years so obviously a movie will appeal to me differently at this point the problem with reviewing films is you have to review it the moment it comes out and that is share, that is basically looked at as a set in stone opinion over a period of time but if most most of the best uh, critics in the world over the years over the decades have always admitted and have always been honest about the fact that when they look at the same movie say 10 or 20 years down the line even 5 years down the line they always find new things uh, at least with a movie like tamasha uh, for me it was obviously very overwhelming at least as a young critic when you actually hit with a movie that isn't orthodox that isn't conventional you either love it or hate it you don't know how to form a pers- personal opinion about it um but over a period of time you know if you're honest to your own personality your own experiences i think if you rewatch most of the films you watched as a child you will mm-hmm. find like a gold mine of intellectual wealth in there of emotional wealth in there so uh, how easy or how difficult is it to not let your bias affect your review i mean it could be a bias for a particular director or a particular genre of the movie or a particular format i mean you may be re- really biased towards a 2 or 3 hour feature film as compared to a, uh, a an 8 8 hour long series i mean how how uh, how do you not let that creep into your reviews i say honestly like the every person on earth has bias we are born with it we develop it over a period of time it can be political bias it can be artistic bias but reviewers per se or critics per se uh, see we are opinion givers we are not verdict givers so i believe that it is important to have some kind of bias it is important mm-hmm. to go into a film uh, with a bias when i say a bias it doesn't mean i don't mean it in a bad way i don't mean prejudice i mean that you need to uh, every person is inher- inherently biased and that's the only way you can be honest to your own personal opinion about a film otherwise all your opinions will be derivative uh for example we tend to judge and write about films based on the history of films that itself is a bias only the first film ever made say 100 years ago was a film that was purely unbiased and made from uh, life experience and from life everything after that is a derivative of the films that have come before of the history that has come before so obviously our mind works in the same way so i i mean i don't make an effort to like you know get rid of my biases when i go like for example i'm still not a big fan of superhero films i do not like uh, reviewing superhero films i try to avoid it as much as possible because i know i'm not i'm just not the kind of uh, the kind of audience or the kind of guy who's looking for uh, that kind of entertainment or that kind of cinema so i you know i don't want to do at least the fans and injustice I, i'm sure superhero fans have their own argument and if we get into an a debate i'm sure they'll have their points i'll have my points but there's no winner in that i mean otherwise uh, like let's be honest the reason a lot of people uh, were uh, the a lot of people loved mulk which was by anubhav sinha a couple of years ago was because yeah. he had made a lot of rubbish films before that so everyone was so pleasantly surprised of course it was a very solid film it was very um, uh, it had a solid ideology it was very well written but you know it did have its flaws a lot of our uh, the good the good critique of that film came from the fact that most reviewers were first and foremost surprised that a filmmaker like anubhav sinha actually has a voice right. that's what i call a prejudice it's, it's different from you know the uh, your 
inherent biases that you have but those things happen quite a lot so i believe like i've learned that over a period of time i've made mistakes i've learned that you should never uh, sort of go into a cinema hall expecting to trash a film because you know then you tend to get surprised by a particular film or a filmmaker and then you tend to overcompensate or oh, shit you know that i expected to hate the film but it wasn't bad so i love the film no that is not an objective opinion either i think this is a good segue into uh, the next topic uh, so this two parts to the next question that we had is you know how indian cinema even since we started watching it i think in the 90s uh, uh, has changed one is the explosion of regional cinema uh especially in the past 2 to 3 years you've seen a lot of good marathi and uh, uh gujarati movies for example come out right and the second is something you referred to in terms of anubhav sinha's example of how he sprung a surprise with mulk and you you said something like this happens quite a bit in a country uh, so what do you think has led to this is it just the normal evolution of a film industry or has it been led by a particular set of artists say uh, the producers or say the writers yeah i mean say that's actually a loaded question because technically uh, obviously i i mean the non hindi cinema is being noticed now see i can only speak about hindi cinema because that's what i've grown up on and that's what i uh, at least you know uh, on a professional level that's what i write about and watch but i do obviously as a Uh, as a person who is involved in the discourse of indian uh, films and indian film criticism you do tend to notice a lot of uh, other languages really picking up and to be honest some of them were always way ahead of hindi cinema like forget gujarati or marathi marathi is in fact going through a downswing right now they were a lot better say 10 or 15 years ago when i was back in college i remember uh, a lot of marathi films being shown to us in in classes and to and to show us the language of filmmaking and to show us how not everything is bollywood and not everything is all hindi cinema and melodrama and you know big budget films but now it's mostly malayalam cinema that has uh, ba- basically become like sort of the cornerstone of indian um, cinema over the last 5 years or so i do tend to watch some of them and i do believe that but some particular languages like even um you know the northeast regions have really picked up in the last 5 years so has uh, malayalam so has kannada in a sense but there have a lot of uh, there have been a lot of uh, uh, industries that have remained stagnant and have gotten worse in fact i believe hindi cinema has not done very well in the last 5 or 10 years at least on a quality basis see in the 90s and all i can i can tell you that we most of us were growing up then so i think we be- i believe that we had had a very different perception of bollywood back then but honestly if you look back at the 90s as much as nostalgia sort of paints our perception of how you know innocent things were and how simple things were and how there was no social media so everyone could form their own sort of opinions and biases and there was a superstar culture then but you know if you look back on a lot of stuff in the 90s there were problems in bollywood back then and i don't think uh, bollywood has gotten rid of a lot of those problems of course with this whole explosion of the web space in the last 5 years with web series with uh streaming films with straight to digital releases uh the only difference i see is that uh people uh, not only in acting in writing in in all sorts of craft of filmmaking a lot of people are given their due because there are simply more jobs out there right now i do believe there has been sort of 
just more voices out there uh, more opportunities you see a lot of people starting in the web space like a lot of tvf writers and actors who started in the web space have a parallel industry uh, of sorts they are more popular than a lot of uh, uh, film stars right now do you think uh, in the future if uh, this alternate cinema gets more audience it will affect the entire experience of going to a theater and watching a film like will more and more people want to sit back at home and uh, not choose to watch the the mainstream commercial cinema you know honestly i feel like it's happening already it's been happening for a couple of years uh, mm-hmm. other than the tent pole films like the khan films or the even actually even the khans are not guaranteed to give you a hit these days you know all three of them had have had flops in the last I, you know unless you're an akshay kumar or like a salman or uh, it's really difficult to pull in audiences uh, either ayushman khurana you know who sort of has found a particular niche or a particular kind of uh, you know otherwise a very few films actually catch fire at the box office you know films like andadhun and nirja and all uh, they they don't really come as frequently as you'd imagine so i do believe that the entire streaming scene has uh made a lot of mainstream filmmakers uh a little more sort of panicked about uh, the the environment right now because it's less you know unless i mean even a rohit shetty honestly has to still work to get that you know that 100 crore figure that he has right now he of yeah. course has a legion of fans and so do, uh, so do a lot of actors who he uses but uh, yeah uh, the the I, i don't think the thing is i do believe on a personal level that these smaller films need to keep um, need to be smart about the distribution strategy the they should actually go uh, the internet way the web way rather than you know uh, running for just a week or two in the theaters and then being picked up by a platform like a very ca- a cautionary tale is how badly uh, uh, sonchidia which was probably the best indie film last year uh, was marketed it was marketed really badly it was publicized really badly it barely ran in the theaters for more than a week people didn't know it was going on it was an excellent film it was reviewed very well but it hit z5 in like a couple of weeks or a couple of months i don't know and uh, mm. people um, uh, the filmmakers still have to push people to watch that film even though you know it should have in any other country it would have easily been noticed as the best film of the year other than critics in the at the end of the year list nobody else really picked up on that film so um, i i do believe a lot of these middle of the road and smaller films need to be smart about the distribution strategies because they need to trust the fact that there are audiences at home uh, who are waiting to watch films and shows in the comfort of their rooms or on their TVs uh, so they uh, there is a different subsection of the audience now so i i believe like there are uh, it will change the movie going experience i hope it does because you know it's not healthy for a industry or for a country as a culture to just depend on you know these weekend plans of going to a f- uh, film and paying 500 bucks obscene prices for a ticket and mm-hmm. you know using it as a family outing we need to evolve as a movie going audience and audiences are only uh, you know um, unless filmmakers really give them something they don't know what they want so i believe that uh, for uh, the the thing about uh, streaming platforms is you you are at you have more freedom you are not bound by Uh, particular sets of production houses or producers or particular genres to make certain things to you know uh, cater to a mass section of the audiences so i believe your filmmaking automatically gets more sophisticated you get different kinds of storytellers you get younger storytellers you get more stories told uh, you get like an 
entire array of topics covered like there are more lgbtq films than ever before there are more braver voices out there but it's mm-hmm. hard to pick up on these films and to as an audience push the filmmakers to also sort of get out of their comfort zones and give us something that we haven't experienced before yeah so uh, rahul have always sort of wondered uh, why there is such a difference in between hollywood and bollywood i mean i'm not regarding the maybe the starting point is different of both the industries uh when commercialization really started to happen and i mean we got independence in 1947 and our industry took time to uh, come up we had less resources but there's always been this gulf right i mean even though our production values might have improved drastically with the past 10 years but even there you have a star culture but that star culture really banks on content rather than selling themselves to get the audiences to the theater and even now as you said it doesn't seem like it's changing in india i mean we have the same sort of stars doing the same sort of movies uh, back to back to back so why do you think this remains this this gulf between you know how big movies are made there and they're made here is it just the resources or is it a different approach altogether or the I mean, audience is different i mean no it's actually a combination of things see to be honest uh, hollywood also makes a lot of trash you know yeah yeah they do like have the i mean they do have their blockbuster syndrome that i call and a lot of the 90s superstars like you know like this arnold schwarzenegger and salon a lot of action heroes and all they they basically made careers on making trash acting and trash so it's not like they are any different but what you do mean i think is the the sheer scale ill of what they make compared to what we make say like an avatar compared to our biggest film which will be a bahubali or something uh, you know I, I, when it comes to scale i can only say that obviously there's a huge gulf in resources uh, it's it's simple economics also honestly because india is just i mean you compare the us compare india Uh, the cinema culture is a product of its culture it's a product of its you know social economic background it's a product of the budgets you get it's a product of the money that's pumped into the economy uh, india is obviously it's you know nowhere next to the us on uh, um, i mean there's a reason 1 dollar is 75 rupees at this point right that your answer is in that conversion rate so a lot of i mean a general sort of um, i mean the the kind of wages that are paid here the kind of uh, resources that people expect to see i think that's the reason bollywood keeps uh, sort of um, banking on a similar kind of blockbuster they'll not go beyond say uh, you know using a superstar or some crashing cars or some mythology uh, because first of all the budget has conditioned them to uh, keep their image condition them to limit the imagination a little and secondly i, I think uh, what we do you know hollywood does better uh, they are better showmen they know how to market their products better they they are a more global industry so obviously you know we won't be going around trying to uh, aspire to make an avengers or a superhero film because there's already an industry that does it like 10 times better i don't think like even if their you know narratives are rubbish and even if i i mean even if a lot of people know that they are outrunning i mean they are sort of uh, overachieving with a lot of their content i still do believe that uh, it comes down to you know simple economics that's also the reason say uh, south korea or japan sticks to a certain genre of films because uh, they do what they 
want to do best they don't really <coughs> you don't often see uh, you big budget or large uh, sort of larger than life films come out of those countries for a reason yeah. because they stick to what their uh, their culture they stick to uh, what they are good at and w- how strong they are and obviously it's a it's a big combination of factors you know honestly a book a couple of books can be written about this but uh, if you just i mean on a very fundamental level i feel like uh, there's just a huge gulf between uh, the way we think and the way we earn money and the way we sort of look at art as a result the way we look at art so i guess um, i mean that that's how it's going to be i don't expect us to be making uh, you know uh, like a sort of a superhero franchise of 10 films or something anytime down the line in the next 20 or 30 years because i don't think it's economically viable i don't think we'll have an audience for it i think the same audience would rather you know watch the same film that's coming from hollywood that's the reason all of their uh, films do so well in india because it 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 sort of fulfills a particular need of the audience better than most other industries do but if we do want a family entertainer we'll still turn to a bollywood film you know at the end of the day because obviously uh, hollywood is a different culture america is a different culture so uh, we tend to watch their we don't want to go to the theater to watch their family film they won't release their films on a bigger on a larger level here so i mean it's it's all concept driven it's all like you'll see a lot of sci-fi films a lot of genre films releasing but you'll not feel uh, see a lot of you know uh, feel good films a lot of rom-coms releasing anymore because those were in the 90s and it's it's just uh, every decade you have a different culture different uh, way of accepting films so i think even 10 years down the line this question will be as relevant and it'll be uh, it'll still have a 100 answers Okay. Are you so, are you uh, yeah. are you excited about any of uh, the upcoming movies or like series down the down down the line in this year? Um, I mean, honestly, I really don't know at this point what is going to release. So honestly, if you ask me, I don't think anything is going to release for the next six months. So this year, you can just wipe out from memory. Uh, at this point of time, maybe a lot of things might just come on to straight onto Netflix or Amazon or something. A lot of online players will be directly in the game. I don't know if I'm looking forward to anything per se but I am actually now looking forward to a lot of things we heard about in the last 6 months from film festivals like Sundance and Berlin uh, the the films that did well there I'm just hoping they somehow find their way online and we have a chance to watch them say on a movie or a Netflix because honestly there won't be any commercial releases for a while even if there are people will not be going to the theater so I don't even know if there's there's actually a schedule for the next 6 months uh, even if you had asked me this a month ago i don't think i'd uh, be you know i i really don't know what is going to be coming out in the next 6 months so i can't answer that question with like say a couple of names or anything but i will keep a lookout on you know the streaming platforms for a lot of film uh, films that uh, for a lot of world cinema that we have uh, not had the privilege of watching say at a mumbai film festival at mami every year uh i hope they come out online soon so that you know we can at least fill the gap that is going to be there for the next 6 uh, months as for series also other than this month i really don't know what's releasing next month i also operate on a month to month basis because you know if i keep anticipating i was see personally if you ask me i was very much looking forward to christopher nolan's new film tenet in july but i don't think that's going to be releasing i was looking forward to the new bond film that that's also got delayed in fact that was the first film to be postponed 
so um, you know i don't know what's releasing but still on a very on a fanboy level i'm still looking forward to nolan's film i'm pretty much, i'm very sure it's going to be postponed to next year now the way things are going because even hollywood america is far badly hit than uh, most countries right now so i don't think hollywood is going to be in business for a while but yeah those on a very basic level those are what i was looking forward to and it's disappointing that we are not going to get what anything new over mm-hmm. a period of time so i believe that it is our sort of job or our uh, it's at least our responsibility as movie lovers or as film goers to find something new in old things you know now because as yeah. i said you you learn to look at things differently so i think uh, this is a better time to do that than any time before when else will you get to sit at home for 3 or 4 months and actually not you know uh, have anything else to do or sort of go to office or uh, think about other things so you know you have no choice you may as well be- make the best out of what you have yeah so so rahul i mean just as you said just what do you think which which movies would you select uh, as being the most underrated uh, movies that have come out of india that not a lot of people for example you mentioned sonche i just didn't uh, catch a lot of attention hmm. so in the last 10 years for example which movies would you recommend that you know we hunt and watch i don't know whether they are on any platform or whether they are available online and all Hmm. I mean, it's uh, I don't know. Again, I can only uh, more or less speak about Hindi cinema, not uh, Indian cinema per se. Yeah. But um, uh, I'll actually really have to look at my reviewing archives because I've actually uh, reviewed a lot of these uh, films over the last five or six years that have uh, come out onto platforms. Again, there are films like Sonchida. They are the odd ones out that you sort of miss. um over but i don't think there have been underrated films as per se you know because like most films have uh, sort of found their own following found their own audiences online uh, they have been sort of appreciated by people uh, at least the ones that they've been aiming to but you know um, i mean if there is one or two films i had to name at least my favorite sort of lesser known films in the last few years in the last 5 or 6 years i'd say um i mean again they both of them for some reason aren't hindi films because as i as i repeatedly say that hindi cinema is sort of behind the curve but i do remember um, uh, this bengali film called labor of love which is uh, made by i think um, aditya vikram sen gupta he's an ex- i mean he's a very technically sound filmmaker he's an excellent filmmaker and he is actually one of the most you know talented uh, indian filmmakers out there uh, there's i think it's playing on netflix right uh, it's been playing on netflix for the last couple of years uh, there it's a, an absolutely wordless film and it's beautifully filmed it's beautifully made and uh, there's a lovely little love story at the center of it uh, that is one film and another film i'd say is this assamese film called amis i think it's playing on mubi right now i'm not sure it's temp really playing for a month on movie right now but bhaskar azarika's ames which i think made uh, ran the festival circuit last year uh, i think that's one of my favorite films in the last two two years or so it's really morbid it's really left of field it's not for everyone but i think again it's a very risky it's a very ballsy film and i don't think a lot of indian filmmakers take as many risks as say 
uh, are filmmakers that come from different regions of the country you tend to see filmmaking in a more purer voice uh, uh, when when they are unrestrained by commercial aspirations so when these films are made mostly to appeal to festival goers or to appeal to cinephiles and without really looking at the uh, economic uh, sort of um, economics of a commercial release i think that's when you get your best films so these are two of the films that immediately come to my mind there's obviously the marathi film killa which came out in 2015 i think it's still on netflix that's again one of the most beautiful coming of age uh films about children that i've seen in my life uh yeah other otherwise i i mean you can it's it's a, it's actually a good time to rediscover a lot of films or to discover a lot of films because uh, rather than experts or rather than critics giving out names and giving you lists about what to watch because trust me i've been asked this at least 10 times in the last 15 days of the lockdown okay what should we watch now but honestly the i i still have one answer to all of them just browse on your platforms just you know talk to uh, just go through your own viewing history see what you want to watch it's a, it's it's actually a very good time to get out of your comfort zone and discover a lot of stuff that you had sort of didn't have the time to discover earlier or had a mind block against earlier you never know i may also start watching superhero films just for the <laughs> i mean uh, open to that Uh, we're talking about Hindi cinema. We had Anand Gandhi as one of the guests previously on the podcast. Like, what do you think about his art? I mean, I personally think uh, his movies should reach out like far wider audiences, but they don't. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, don't you think he's one of the uh, underrated, uh, probably, and uh, yet to be uh, discovered directors in yeah, Hindi cinema? I mean, I I I believe he's had quite a career. in at least in tv also before that so mm-hmm. the thing is yeah obviously his first film i mean um his first film was actually quite a sensation with in i remember in 2012 or 13 in mami itself uh, it had stirred up quite uh, a conversation within uh, within writers and within uh, i mean chip of thesis even now is actually mentioned as a reference film for a lot of indie filmmakers when they go about of course back then the distribution scene was very different so very few people had watched that film but i also believe he's not made in a film since then you know he's really uh, i mean i haven't really heard of uh, what is i mean i do i know he was involved in um, what was the film last year tumbar uh, tumbar and significant one yeah i believe he was involved in tumbar and all but after ship of thesis if you're such a i mean if you made such a good film if you made um, you know uh, such an accomplished film i believe it's your also duty as an artist to keep um, you know to keep making stuff and not be weighed down by the responsibility of actually living up to your first film or living up to the greatness of your legacy already because a lot of filmmakers or a lot of independent filmmakers obviously suffer from lack of resources or you know um, mess ups in production or mess ups it takes a lot far more time for them to sort of uh, you know uh, do justice to their vision than most uh, studio setups but i also feel like most of them do get weighed down by uh, the pressure of expectation especially if they made a, made a great first film and given that he's not made a film in the last 6 or 7 years is it's a little worrying for a lot of cinephiles also because we thought we would see a lot more of him after that but uh, apart from the few writing and you know co-directing and co Uh, you know being involved in a couple of films i really haven't heard uh, much from him I, i do know he has a company and i do know they do very good work but uh, again i'm yet to see uh, 
uh, a lot of stuff after ship of thesis and i don't want to keep associating that one film with him uh, uh, even though he's been you know even though a lot of other filmmakers like him to take like 5 to 10 years to work on their film but you know they should be um, exercising their craft a lot more than they are because you know cinema needs them hindi cinema needs them indian cinema needs them we need more versatile voices we need people who are uh, capable of putting india on the world scene and right. if they you know if they are happy making one film in 10 years then you know we are not going to evolve as an audience either so then you know it's sort of a cyclical relationship because by the time anand gandhi or anyone else comes up with the next film we are like are who was he we forgot his first film wo bhi dekhna yeah. padega i heard it was a great film par you know theek hai he's lost it a little bit ye sab hota hai so you know you have to be with the times you can't just disappear for 8 years especially if you're an independent filmmaker and then crib about the audiences wanting uh, not watching your film because you know you're disappearing from your their imaginations too right i think we, we just have a last couple of questions rahul before we let you go uh just wanted to take your view on uh, the censorship regime in india there's been this talk of ott censorship as well where do you think it's going and should we be afraid of it man i'm afraid of it literally every morning i wake up because you know i keep hearing <laughs> i keep hearing rumors of you know ott censorship and oh it's going to happen netflix and amazon have caved in and you know but again they've still not caved in at least in india maybe some filmmakers complain some don't you know uh, and unless we see those dumb anti smoking and tobacco ads at the beginning of these things on ott i think we are still safe but honestly i can't give you an opinion on that because i'm not very tuned in to the scene i do believe our theatrical censorship scene was a joke for the last decade it has maybe improved slightly over the last one year but again i believe that's uh, that's really not saying much i think we still are tied down by the administration in power i think we are still tied down by a lot of politics behind the scenes uh, so theatrical censorship is a joke a lot of hollywood films that come in uh, are you know chopped mercilessly and a lot of people then turn to torrents because they have no other choice so uh, you know um, uh, as far as ott platforms are concerned i just i hope to i really hope that you know uh, they sort of hold their ground and don't cave in because uh, it it would be a tragedy and i just hope that filmmakers that are uh, i i don't expect much from indian filmmakers because they are at the mercy of the government they are at the mercy of their film so they are desperate to release their films and they will Uh, uh sort of bow down to all the stringent rules that are and the stupid rules that are made by the uh, authorities but i hope that international filmmakers whose films do extremely well here people like christopher nolan or any of the superhero franchise directors are more stringent themselves and are more stubborn about this when they release a film in a big market like india or a china they should be stubborn about what they need uh, for their film to be running in theaters like i remember a couple of years ago i think it was woody allen who refused to review uh, who refused to release his film in india once he knew what would be cut from it so <laughs> you know he were denied his films for the last 4 or 5 years after that uh, so you know i i totally am on board with that kind of stubbornness i believe it's an artist job to at least those who are in the position to uh, exercise some power over indian authorities i think it's down to a lot of these hollywood filmmakers uh, to actually strong arm a lot of our authorities and make us bow down to sort of make our censors 
a little more sensible because once they start banning their films from coming here that's when when it directly hits the box office the economy and that's when our administration will start to know that they are actually you know running cinema down like the gutter here by doing what they are doing great okay thanks a lot uh, rahul it was uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you really yeah. nice insight so uh, rahul where can uh, one find you on social media uh so on social media i am active on three platforms i am active on twitter at real reptile uh, don't ask why that handle it's just a <laughs> mystery uh i am active on instagram at rahul no less uh, rahul no less um, again don't ask the history behind that that basically my email address and i was very young when i made it. um and um, on instagram again i am rahul no less so that's my three handles and uh, i try to be as active as possible and rahul you have a blog as well right so maybe you'd like to talk uh, about yeah i actually have a blog but i haven't been active on it for since 2016 i think that's okay. hyperpola 86 i used to uh, write a lot of short stories on that but i actually run a independent film blog called india indie uh, called indiaindependentfilms.com where i get a lot of contributors a lot of part time writers a lot of film buffs like yourself to actually discuss and write about films uh, on that blog so i've been running that blog for 5 years now and it's a very niche sort of independent space for people to share opinions and read stuff so that is my main sort of uh, side um, blog as such right now even though i don't write so much on that i get a lot of people to share their stories on there cool great Uh, thanks rahul uh, again it is a lot of fun talking to you thank you for listening stories from india's lockdown is available on spotify and anchor if you like this episode please share it with your friends and family if you have any feedback questions or want me to interview someone for the podcast reach out to me on harshd711 at gmail.com you can find me on instagram and twitter My handle is at kis baat ka doshi. See you soon on another episode of Stories from India's Lockdown.